Hi everyone, this is Dean Crisp, and I'm so excited to be with you on Straight Talk on Leadership today. Today I'm going to be doing part two of a three-part series talking about leadership. There's three key components to leadership. Lead yourself, lead your organization, and lead others. This is part two, how to lead your organization. Sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready to change your life. Hi, I'm Dean Chris. Welcome to Straight Talk on Leadership. This is what we'd like to say is the no BS zone, where we give you leadership tips, ideas, and practical suggestions to help you become a top leadership performer. Our goal is simple, help you become the best version of yourself and reach your highest potential as a leader. So sit back, turn up the volume, and ready to change your life. Hi, everyone. This is Dean Crisp and so excited to be with you today. As you heard in the intro, we're going to be talking about how to lead your organization today. A lot of people really don't pay attention to leading their organization. They think about leading themselves, possibly, and then they think about leading others. But there's some really key things you should do when you lead your organization. So I'm going to give you some thoughts and some tips and some ideas about specifically how to lead your organization. We're going to do that in just a moment, but I want to first say thank you for joining us again on our podcast. Man, we're up to over 50 now. We've had a an amazing year at Leaders Helping Leaders Network. We've been all over this great country, although just like everybody else, we've been dealing with this crazy COVID pandemic. We've uh, probably been limited for the past three months on the road, but that doesn't mean we've stopped working at LHLN and stopped learning about leadership and stopped talking about leadership. We've had several webinars. I hope you've been able to join us on some of those webinars. We've had some of the, uh, what I consider some of the brightest minds in the business, people who have been there, done that, if you will, and bought the t-shirt. We've had them as chiefs and sheriffs from all around the country that's been on webinars with us, and we're getting ready to have another one soon. So there'll be more information about that. But I wanted to thank you folks for supporting us at LHLN, Leaders Helping Leaders Network. This network was created to get leaders to realize that one of the most important things they have to do as leaders is to grow future leaders. But first, you got to grow yourself. And I know this about myself personally, and I certainly know this about other leaders to be true, that if you're stopped growing yourself, you will definitely stop growing others. So as we continue with our three-part series, this is part two, where we talk about leading your organization. Now, I had an opportunity this past week. I was in Georgia and and, uh, actually got a chance to go down to Savannah, Georgia and speak at the Chiefs Conference there. And you know, with this COVID thing, everybody's concerned about shutting the conferences down. But those folks down there were very courageous. Uh, They put into place some very structured things as it relates to limiting people's contact. Everybody was wearing masks. They had this social distancing thing uh, where they their presentations had to be in this very large auditorium. But it really wasn't an auditorium. It was an exhibition hall. And so imagine having close to 500 people six feet apart in an exhibition hall where the audio was a bit challenging. You could hear yourself echo off the walls and there was four or five big screens around there. And I had a chance for three hours down there to share with folks 
the guardian versus warrior mindset. Now, we're going to be talking about those that later, but when you talk about guardian versus warrior mindset, a lot of that has to do with building the culture within the organization, which is one of the points that we're going to be talking about for how do you lead your organization. Now, let's get into the podcast today and let's start talking about that. First of all, what is your organization? Your organization is not a building. Your organization is not a structure and your organization is not a process. To be honest with you, your organization is people. And so when we talk about how do you lead your organization, I want to give you some key tips on how do you get people focused on leading themselves, working within the organization, and being very committed to what you're trying to accomplish. Now, a lot of times people come to work and people think they do it for the money. They think they do it for the prestige. They think they do it for whatever. But in reality, an organization plays a major role in why people come to work. And so we're going to be talking about when you lead your organization, make sure that we understand the organization first is about your people. Now let's look at the first concept on organization and how you lead your organization. Now this first tip that I'm going to give you is really, really important. And this first tip is put your people at the core of your strategy. So anything that you're going to do in your organization, when you consider processes, when you consider changing things, when you consider memos, when you consider communications, videos you might do, you have to put your people at the core of your strategy. Now, I'll give you an example of, let's talk about communications. And communications is part, an overall bigger strategy of leading your organization. But you got to make sense that particularly, let's talk about law enforcement, for example. And in law enforcement, there's always messages that go out to the public. And there's always messages that go inside to the organization. And sometimes there's messages that go to both. But you got to remember that when you're messaging to the public, that your people are also going to see that message. So let me give you an example when I say put your people at the core of your strategy. So let's say, for example, tomorrow that I was going to do uh, a video or I was going to make an announcement or say something to the public. And let's say that I was leading the organization and I was going to uh, make an announcement regarding either an arrest or a policy or something that went on. Well, one of the things you got to make sure is that when you're messaging those things, pay attention to letting your people know you're doing it. Make sure that they don't get caught by surprise when you message the public. So every press release, when I was a police chief, I used to do this. Every press release went first to our people first and then to the news media. And it was almost like a simultaneous release so that our people wouldn't be caught off guard by what we were saying. And we would release the information to the news media at the same time. Now, what that does is it helps put your people at the core of your strategy. So when you begin to do anything inside your organization, consider your people first. Now, does this mean that we're not going to do something because people aren't going to like it? Not at all. Does this mean that we're not going to change because it may be difficult for our people? Not at all. What it does mean is, is that you have to consider 
people at the core of any strategy or anything that you might do. You have to consider them. Now let's look at point number two. Now this one is more about leading yourself, but when you do this, you have a tendency to look from a different perspective. Now this is what I'm going to say about leading your organization. Look at what you're attempting to do or look at your organization from the eyes of a rookie. Now, does this mean that you forget all your experiences and you forget all that? No, 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 not at all. What this does mean, though, is look at it from a fresh set of eyes. Don't get jaded with all the years that you have in the organization. Don't get jaded by simply saying, well, it's because we've always done it that way. Look at it from as if it was the first time you were looking at your organization and then make decisions based upon a fresh set of eyes. Now, this is really important. And one way to do that is to make sure that you talk to people, that you get varying views from people and you look at it from a fresh set of eyes and you simply say, so if this was the first time we did this, what would this look like? So make sure you look at it from, and, and you know, when I say the word rookie, uh, we, we all think that means somebody know what they're doing and it's the first time they've done it. I, I'm not really saying that. What I am saying is look at it from a fresh perspective. So make sure you look at it from a fresh set of eyes. Number three, culture is what your agency is. Now, let's explain what culture is. So part number three. Now, let me make sure you're clear on this. Your culture is everything to your organization. So let's define what culture really is. Culture is just a set of acceptable behaviors, meaning that most people believe that the behaviors that you're doing are acceptable and what you're doing is part of the culture. So let's talk about the negative for just a moment in terms of law enforcement. One of the things that I've heard throughout my career is this blue silence that cops won't tell on other cops or that cops, when they start telling their story, it's not really the whole story. Well, that's part of what people believe our culture is. They believe that we protect our own and we believe or they believe that we don't tend to be as truthful when we're talking about our own. Now, see, that's part of a cultural belief. That's what people believe, like this blue wall of silence, if you will. That's that's part of a culture, if you will. Now, one of the things that makes up the police culture is the fact that we tend to deal with problems every day. People don't generally call us when things are going great. People call us when things are not that great. And we tend to deal with a segment of the population that tends to be doing wrong or they tend to be violating the law. So cops naturally come from a culture of understanding that maybe sometimes they have to be a warrior. But you have to remember, this has a major influence on how police officers and people in our organization view the world. So your culture is what your agency is. So if you're going to change the culture of your organization, you first have to recognize when you're leading the organization that culture is a major part 
of how people are going to believe, view things, act, and respond to things. It's part of their culture. So when you're leading your organization, you have to take a really strong look at your organization. Now, as I've traveled around this great country, I've had the opportunity to get to know several organizations, and I've gotten to know the leaders of those organizations pretty well. And when I look at their organizations, a lot of times the organizations, if the leader's been there for any period of time, the organization culture will reflect the views of the leader. Now, so let me give you an example of like, you talk about cultural norms within your organization. Now, remember this, there are several cultures within every organization. I don't care if it's police department. I don't care if it's uh, a manufacturing company. I don't care if it's a hospital. I don't care if it's what. So you look at, let's look at a hospital, for example. There's a culture within nurses. There's a culture within doctors. There's a cultural within techs. There's a culture within housekeeping. But there's an overall bigger culture that controls the hospital and it controls the way people think. It controls, like uh, we've had a hospital in our area where I live now that uh, for the longest period of time, as a matter of fact, since the inception back in the early 1900s, has been a nonprofit. Now, recently it was bought out by one of the bigger uh, hospital uh, groups in America. And when you look at this, they brought in a different culture of profit. Now, when people start looking at profit, they don't tend to look at people as an important part of the strategy. So what I'm trying to tell you is realize there's a culture within your organization and then there's a subculture. When you start to change things, you as a leader, when you lead that organization, you have to be aware that part of that culture is going to influence the way people are going to view not only the change, but how you change. So remember, when you chisel away at culture, it's going to take a period of time before you can really change some of those cultural embedded ideas. So remember, your culture is going to be a major part of your organization. It's going to be a major part of how people see things. Number four, you have to connect with your employees. So when you lead your organization, the fastest way to connect to employees is to get a mindset or expose employees to the belief and let them believe it. But not only that, but let you perfect this belief that you care about them. When employees realize that you care about them, it changes their connection with you. Now think about it for just a second. If you don't connect to someone, you very rarely listen to what they have to say. So in other words, when the connection goes, so do the ears and the eyes go. When you connect, you begin to believe what people say. So when you're leading your organization, don't forget that one of the primal foundational components of leadership, now we're going to talk about this in part three when we talk about leading others, but you have to connect to people. They have to believe that you care about. Lou Holtz says, there's three things that you can do to lead people 
and you can lead them very quickly. The first thing, they got to know you care about them. The second thing, they got to know they can trust you. And the third thing is you have to be committed to excellence. So when you lead your organization, you have to connect to your employees. Now, the second part of that is you have to connect with the community as well or your customers. If you're listening from a a non-law enforcement organization or perspective in terms of leadership, you've got to connect to your customers. Law enforcement, people in the law enforcement profession have to connect with their community. And we do it exactly the same way we connect with our employees. The community has to know that you care about it. Your customer has to know that you care about them. The people that you're providing the products for have to believe you're committed 100% to those things. So they have to know that. So you have to connect to your employees. You have to connect to your community and you have to connect to your customer. So number five, this is so important in leading organizations. You have to select the right people to work there. If your workforce is not people who reflect your cultural beliefs or what you're trying to accomplish, it's going to be very difficult to do the job that's expected of you. Now, selecting the right people. Now, let's talk about law enforcement for one moment here. Now, as I go around this great country, I talk about one of the biggest problems with law enforcement is, is that we truly do not have a selection process. What we have is an elimination process. And by what I mean by that is, is that we tend to eliminate people instead of selecting people. So your organizational hiring group, your personnel is designed to give a series of tests that eliminates people from selection. Now think about that for a minute. If my primary function as a HR group or people hiring is to first eliminate, then you're only going to get who's left. And when you get who's left, it may not be the best candidate for what you're trying to accomplish in your organization. Now, when I say select the right people, now let let, let me wax a little country here and let me wax a little uh, Southern colloquialism, if you will. And and just excuse me if this, uh, you know, if if you think this is a little crazy, but it's kind of like this. When you're looking for somebody to climb a a tree, you better hire a squirrel. You don't want to hire a horse. Now, a horse might learn to climb that tree, but they're only going to probably climb it very low and only one. But a squirrel will climb about five trees at a time. So if you really want to progress forward, select the right people. Number six, get them in the right seat on the bus. People who are not doing the job, people who are not producing what you are trying to accomplish, put them in a role where they're not going to bleed you out. Take them out of key roles. Now, now let me talk about the right seat on the bus and let me use this as an example in law enforcement. Now, if I'm wrong, you tell me, write me an email, say that's not the case, but I guarantee you it's the case. Let's say that organizationally, I was trying to change the culture to get people to believe 
that we literally were changing the way we viewed people in the sense that we now were going to become more friendly. We were going to become more community oriented, or we were going to listen to people, if you will. And all right, let's say that was what we were committing to do. When, if that happened, one of the worst things we could do would be use discipline to put people where the front desk or where people might greet our the people coming in first. In other words, when the public came in to talk to people at the, at the police department or the sheriff's office, they would run into this person who may have a negative attitude. Now, a lot of times we will put people we discipline in roles where they have a lot of contact with the public. You know, that's not the right way to do it. Folks, if you want to really change your organization, put the right people in the right seat. So if you want to create a mindset that the public believes that you are actually trying to connect with them, you're going to have to put connectors at the front desk. You're not going to be able to put somebody there who's retired 10 years ago and all they're wanting to do is just pass the time. These are not the people you want meeting your public at first. Now, that's a simplistic kind of way of looking at it. But in reality, put the right people in the right seats on the bus. Now, number seven, and we're going to wrap up part two with number seven. If we expect people to perform, we ought to have performance evaluations that closely relate or evaluate what's expected. And I'd be willing to bet that most performance evaluations that you take or most performance evaluations that you do barely or even never really closely resemble what we expect of our people. Now, I'll give you an example. A lot of cities I've known, and I'm not going to name any cities here, but this is just, I've seen it, where the same evaluation form for a police officer is used in the sanitation department, or the sanitation department's evaluation is the same as the police. Now, does that mean that we talk about cops picking up trash? Absolutely not. What that means is, though, those performance indicators that we use for employees generally are spread across the board. No matter what that employee does for your city or county, they tend to be specific to just overall employment instead of specifically what we expect. So let's think about this for a second. If I expected my employees or expected your employees to perform at such a level, our performance evaluations should indicate tracking where they are related to the success or failures of what's expected. Not on some generic thing out there that has nothing to do with what you're trying to accomplish. So I, I would be willing to say this, that if you look at performance evaluations, and I've seen them all across the country, if you look at them, community policing is probably not a part of them, but yet we expect all of our cops to have a community policing mindset. I'd be willing to say that you expect your employees to have a great attitude, a great mindset. Well, it probably says something about general overall attitude of the employee. Well, that doesn't tell you or them how they're progressing. And the other thing is, is that when people do performance evaluations, they have a tendency to just do like five at one time. They don't have a tendency to actually spend the time. If you're only evaluating your employees once a year, throw them away. They're not going to be that valuable. Create performance evaluations that's going to closely 
resemble what's expected from your employees. This is how you lead your organization. If you're going to truly have an impact in your organization, you got to do those things. So let's go through this list right quick again, and we're going to close out our podcast part two on how to lead your organization. You got to put the people at the core of your strategy. That's number one. Number two, you got to look at the organization as if it's from new eyes, from rookie eyes. Your culture is what your culture is. That's number three. Connect with your community and connect with your employees. That's so, so important. Let's talk about select the right people. You have to find the right people for your organization. Most of us in today's world, we're just hiring people very quickly. We're not really seeing if they're the right people. Then you got to put them on the right seat on the bus. And number seven, you got to do performance evaluations have got to closely resemble what you expect of your employees. I certainly hope you've enjoyed part two of a series of three, leading yourself, leading your organization. And now we're going to get into part three. In just a moment, we're going to talk about leading others. Folks, thank you for joining us today at LHLN. I appreciate you guys. You are the reason we do this. We try to help you become the best version of yourself. Go to our website at lhln.org. Look at some of the classes we got. Look at that new supervisory course, the Accelerated Leader Course 1. Take a close look at that. If you get a chance to come out and see me live and see me in person, hey, I'd love to talk to you. Send us emails. Let us know how you're doing. And you know what? Keep sharing the growth and keep leading people to new heights and becoming the best version themselves. Till next time, folks, I'm Dean Chris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We have officially rolled out the Leaders Helping Leaders Network online e-learning accelerator class. Be sure to sign up for the early bird special price of $397. Be one of the first 100 students to register, and you will also get three bonuses with the early bird deal. You can sign up for this course at www.e.lhln.org. Again, that's www.e.lhln.org. Sign up, grab your laptop, and get ready to change your life.